0: uh hello everyone and um uh thank you so much for joining us again uh for the second installment of uh rabbi sholmozikir's class uh resting theology where we'll be looking at um some sections of um shabbat um okay i guess uh any anything else that i yeah
1: thank you maxine as always everyone is uh invited to turn on their cameras if they can, and um, um, yeah, just to, uh, to, to remind everyone, the, the plan is, as, uh, as last week and as next week, we're going to be working through a Talmudic passage, a sugya that touches on some important aspects of the theology of Shabbos. Last week, we discussed the idea of ha-shocheyach Shabbos, someone who forgets about the concept of Shabbos overall. Um, and different iterations of that, or forgets that the day is Shabbos. Sort of, how many mistakes are they making? How many carbonos would they have to bring? Um, and different ways that that pointed to um, the sort of the centrality of Shabbos. What does it mean to not to, to forget Shabbos? Maybe there's some, you know, if you if you ever knew what Shabbos was, forgetting about it somehow uh, is uh, is more blameworthy than other forgettings of, of uh, Jewish laws, just because how central it is. And there were other interesting points there this this week's topic is going to build on that it's actually sort of stuck in the middle of it in the Gemara it's a related topic not about someone who forgets uh forgets about the concept of Shabbos or forgets that today is Shabbos but someone who actually by dint of circumstance can't know when Shabbos is so uh uh, the 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 Gemara the the in the Gemara is called Mehalich Bamidbar someone who's going who's walking in the desert Yerushalmi actually has a slightly different name for it we'll see it'll be a little interesting Um, but basically consider a scenario where someone's stuck in the desert, let's say, you know, like in in the movies, right, you wake up, you clearly were, uh, you were knocked out for a while, you don't know how long, you wake up somewhere in the middle of nowhere, you don't know where you are, you don't know what day it is, right, all your, uh, you know, you don't have internet, uh, you don't have a watch, and you just have no idea when Shabbos is, so what do you do, right, obviously, uh, you know, you have a lot of, you have a couple of issues, number one, you want to try to get back to society and you want to be able to eat so you don't die on the one hand, that does seem pretty reasonable. And at the same time, um, you know, there's going to be Shabbos. One out of every seven days is Shabbos by definition. And, uh, and uh, you don't want to be working on Shabbos if you can help it. So what do you do? How do you deal with this? So that's the, the scenario we're going to look at. And um, I think, it, you know, it, I guess in theory it's of practical relevance if anyone's ever stuck in that situation, although I hope not. Um, but much more—it's much more uh, relevant, I think, in terms of in terms of the theological significance of the of the uh, of what this will tell us about the nature of Shabbos. So I'm going to share the screen. We're going to work through the Gemara together, and then we're going to look through some commentaries and some different applications of this passage that I think will be very illuminating uh, in terms of how we understand the day and experience of Shavas. So I'm going to turn on share screen. Momentarily. Okay. And let me just resize this. Okay. So, so, right. So we're on Shabbos 69b. If you recall yesterday, we were, you know, between 67 and 70. Um, so this is right smack in the middle of that. So give or Shabbos. And it's somewhat related. Again, there you forget about what Shabbos is. Here, you know exactly what Shabbos is. You just, not just you don't know, you can't possibly know what day it is. So let's, let's look at the Gemara here. Avra Rav Huna. Rav Huna says, Hayyamahaleh oba midbar, or Hayyamahaleh ba midbar, however you read that. Someone's walking on the path or in the desert, right? They're walking somewhere, not in a community, not in society. anyode a Masai Shabbos. And he doesn't know when Shabbos is, right? Again, imagine your own scenario. However, whatever the case may be, presumably this is not someone negligent, it's someone who just, uh, by, by some crazy circumstance, doesn't know when Shabbos is. What do they do? So here's the first opinion. Mona Shisha Yamim, umeshamer yom echad. You count six days. So let's say you find out three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, that's day zero. Um, then the next day is day one. Call it Sunday. You count six days. One, two, three, four, five, six. And then the seventh day, Mishamer yom echad. You keep one day. You keep one day of Shabbos. So the seventh day, the day the seventh day after you find out will be Shabbos after you count six days. That's the first view. That's our Huna's view. Chiyah barav omer, mishammer yom echad, umone shisha. Well, he says, well, let's flip that, right? So you, you find out at three in the afternoon. The immediate next day is Shabbos. And then you count six weekdays until the next Shabbos. So the two views so far is, how do you determine when Shabbos is? Either it's the seventh day after you find out, or it's the first day. After the day you find out, I think uh, some of the commentators talk about what about the day itself, and they say, well, you know, you sort of have to be careful the day you find out because um, you know you sort of haven't reset yet, so you have to just presume presume the worst or I don't know the best whatever it is presume it's Shabbos for the day that you find out, and then the question is when is when are going to be all the Shabbos is going forward either a week later uh, or the next day. Okay, so what are they arguing about? What's the basis of this debate? Right? Do you start right away with Shabbos, or do you go first six days uh, of chol and then go to Shabbos? Mar savar kivriyaso olam, umar savar adam harishon. So um, we we'll translate it literally, and then maybe we'll take a peek at Rashi. So one opinion says it's like the creation of the world, and the other one says it's like Adam Harishon. Like, you, let everyone think about how to take that, but we'll, we'll jump to Rashi. Rashi helps us out here. Rashi says, "Kivriyaso shel olam, nimnu nimnu Right. Think about how the story of creation happened. God creates the world, so you start with day one of chol, two, three, four, five, six. And then the seventh day is Shabbos, right? So it's just like the creation of the world, sort of the more intuitive view. If you're trying to impose the description of the creation of the world onto this person's experience, that would fit very well. You start with six days of chol and then one day of Shabbos. The alternative view, though, is Ka'adam HaRishon think about Adam, right? If you're, let's say uh, you were Adam or you were Chava, you were the first, one of the first two humans created on Erev Shabbos on Friday. So the first full day of your life is Shabbos, right? You're you're created, right? Like imagine this scenario, basically, if, if you imagine you're Adam, if Adam was Jewish in this scenario, right? If Adam kept Shabbos, so right, you, it's, it's like, uh, again, you know, choose your uh, sci-fi movie where like uh, this being shows up and is created and gains consciousness randomly in the middle of nowhere. And so the first day, Adam's first day is Shabbos. So maybe it should be the same thing, right? You wake up, you don't know where things are, you don't know what, what it is. So, you know, pretend you're Adam and uh, the very next day will be Shabbos for you. Uh, because Adam was created on, on Friday. So those are the two views. Uh, I'll just before we continue in the Gemara, I, I was wondering if other people had additional thoughts, enough, other possible explanations, how you might uh, explain these two views, right? You, you start Shabbos right away, or you start Shabbos seven days later. You start counting from one, uh, or you start count like Sunday, or you start counting from Shabbos. Any, any thoughts? There's something in the chat. Okay. What, uh, one seems more intuitive. Shabbat is the day of rest. You can't rest on day one, meaning the first view. Uh, Nathan, you're suggesting that the view of count, the first view counting up one, two, three, four, five, six, and then Shabbos. OK, because Shabbos is a day of rest. You can't rest on day one. Um, OK, so I, I'd say I think that there is definitely a, a certain logic to that. Right, Maxine, you're, you're agreeing. Shabbat would require some preparation. Um, so, uh, Nathan, on, on your note, you can't rest on day one. Part of the question is who's doing the resting. Because right and here's where the resting theology comes in. Um, is Shabbos about being like Adam, or Shabbos about being like God? Right? Is is Shabbos about a human fact that humans need rest, or is it about emulating God, who, despite not needing rest, chose to rest on the seventh day? And it could be. I think you know, you're, you're, you're uh, Nathan and Maxine, you're presenting one side that you know on God's model, God created for six days and only then did He rest, but maybe. Uh, you know, maybe we're, we sort of uh, blindly follow God's schedule of resting on God's seventh day, even though Adam didn't, didn't uh, work at all. He just sort of was created, well, there Midrasham about, he do, actually did a lot of things on his first day, but fine, we'll put that aside. Uh, the very next day, he's already resting, maybe because it's not rest from himself, it's more about emulating God. God chooses to rest on this day, you do the same thing, even if you didn't work during the week. But okay, so that's one additional angle. Other thoughts? So I think another point that Nathan and Maxine, you're both assuming, is that you're sort of looking at Shabbos as the end of the week, which again makes sense if you think about, like if you read Bracious, it sort of it sounds like that. Day one, two, three, four, five, six, and then the seventh day is Shabbos. But I don't know if you if you downplay the significance of of the way it's presented in Brachos, maybe you can think of Shabbos actually the first day of the week. It's certainly you know so to speak the most important day of the week. So maybe that's also part of what's going on here um, that you can say you start with Shabbos and then everything else follows. Um, and I think another angle may or may not be the same point is if you're thinking about this from like a, a risk management perspective with you know, the risk being violation of Shabbos, you wanna minimize possible violation of Shabbos. So you know, right away, why would you, why would you say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of take a risk for the next six days. If your ratio is gonna be one day of Shabbos Per seven days, which is a very reasonable ratio, you want to minimize risk. Start right away. Don't 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 like uh, you know work the next six days when it might be Shabbos. So I think you know I I I think I'd agree that uh, you know on first glance the first option seems more intuitive to work six days and then keep Chavez, but I think there are some uh, countervailing arguments to support the second view. So just to give them uh, a little support as well. Uh, And of course, there's, you know, the what Rashi and the Gemara said, is it like God or is it like Adam, which we can take in sort of a technical way, or we can think more broadly about uh, what is the point of Shabbos and who are we emulating? Okay, Ozzy throws out there, the fact that Shabbos is every seven days is totally arbitrary. Um, Well, I I mean, I guess it depends what you mean by arbitrary. Uh, If you, by arbitrary, you mean that it's not tied to a naturalistic phenomenon, the way that Say the month is right tied to the moon circling the earth, or the the way that the year is sort of at least you know with adjustments in Judaism the year is tied to the the seasons and and the earth uh, uh, circling uh, the uh, the sun. Um, um, so yeah, in that sense, it's not it's not naturalistic. Um, I guess whether you think whether you would call it arbitrary in the in the full sense of the term, I guess depends on whether God's actions are arbitrary or God's commandments are arbitrary. Um, but fine, uh, that's probably not what not what Ozzy meant. Um, uh, yeah, so it, it's something that we do. Well, I think there's and, and this is what we're saying. There's two sides to it. We do it because God commanded it. Um, we also do it because we're emulating God. We're doing what God did, resting on the seventh day. And there's this message that we can't go on forever. We have to rest at some point. And I don't know. I don't know if uh, you know. I don't know if you have to say this, but one could say that God sort of determined the ideal ratio of uh, work to rest. Is one day of rest, or at least one day of mandated rest, per six days of work. And so you could argue it's not—it's not—you uh, could be—you could argue it's the opposite of arbitrary. It's—it's it's sort of based on human nature and divine wisdom uh, tells us how how best to break it up. But yeah, it, it, it is important. It is an important point that uh, Shabbos is not tied to uh, to a natural phenomenon. I think um, uh, uh, one of the one of the classes this, uh, that's, that Grisha's running, focuses on that point. Um, so yeah, okay, that's helpful as well. Any final thoughts on this first debate in the Kamar before we continue? Who says we have to rest? Only God says we have to rest. Well, yeah, so that's true in terms of like a commandment. I think it's also a, sort of a, a fact of biology, meaning, um, you know, a computer might be able to run a program straight. Humans physically can't run straight. You need to stop. You need to sleep. You need to, uh, you know, leaving aside questions of fueling, um, uh, all we need is sleep. I'm also not sure that's true. I'm not a biologist, but I feel like if someone was doing, um, you know, uh, physically taxing labor, at some point they would break down, regardless of the sleep issue. Just their body would give out. But I don't know. There's like these ultra marathon runners and whatnot. So they do, they do weird stuff. So I don't know. But um, uh, in general, let's say most normal, you know, people have, feel a strong urge to rest regularly. How much? Every seventh days, right? Doesn't doesn't tie to that directly, but maybe there is some deeper wisdom. Um, you know, again, I can't uh, I can't uh, prove that, uh, but just throwing it out there is a possibility. Okay, any final thoughts on the beginning of the Gemara, or should we continue? So we have two views so far, right? You're stuck in the desert. Um, you don't know when Shabbos is. Option number one is keep six days. Uh, you know, work for six days and then keep Shabbos. Option number two is first keep Shabbos and then work for six days. These fundamentally are similar views. The question just is. Where do you start? But both of them basically say one out of every seven days is Shabbos. The other six days are chol. That's the basic, the basic view with two uh, versions so far. Now the Gemara is going to challenge this. challenge from a Someone's walking on the road, um, right? Uh, he doesn't know when Shabbos is. Same case. Although here it's the path, and before it was the desert. But right, same basic case. So what's the what's the din? What's the law? Mishamer yom echad l'shisha. He keeps one day for every six, right? So for every six days of Chol, there's one day of Shabbos. So what exactly does that mean? The Quran says, "My love, Mona shisha, yomecha. doesn't that language imply one day of Shabbos per six of Chol? Well, presumably that means you, you have to first work for six days and then have Shabbos. I think that's in some ways is what Nathan and Maxine were pointing to before. You need to work in order to rest. And maybe that this text points in that direction as well. So doesn't that prove, uh, doesn't that prove the first view of Rav Huna against Chiyah Lo not necessarily Maybe when you say one day of rest per six days of work, it, it's out of order, first you or, or technically it's in order, but it's not the implication that the work comes first. Maybe you first you rest, and then you keep six days, not really a proof. But then the language is a little odd, that you say you keep one day per six. Why not say, keep one day of Shabbos, and then work for six? Wouldn't that be a simpler formulation? That's one question, ode. Another question, this is from a different source, uh, a different proof text. Tanya, also uh, taught in a, in a breisa, oba midbar. the same scenario, right? You're going on the path or in the desert. You don't know when Shabbos is. What do you do? Moneh Very clearly says, you keep six days. Uh, sorry, you count six days, meaning you work for six days. And then, Meshami you keep one day of Shabbos, we've successfully disproven the second view, and the, the view that's standing, at least for now, is the view that you work six days, and then you take Shabbos. Okay, so far so good, but it's about to get much more complicated. So Amar Rava, and, um, uh, right, sorry, just to, clar- just to think about the generations, uh, and uh, are, you know, second, third generation Amar Rava, who is a fourth generation Amorah, a generation and a half later, he comes in and says, here's, here's, here's my take. It's gonna be a little bit different. He says, Every day, right, again, you're out in the desert, you know, you didn't bring food with you, so you, you know, like like in the olden days, before they had technology, because you didn't bring it with you, you eat what you kill, or you eat what you cook, right? So, you can't, it's not like you go to the store and get food or you go find someone, they give you their food. You need to produce whatever food you have. Now it just so happens that the prohibitions of Shabbos basically correlate to all forms of food procurement, right? The, there's there's uh, like hunting and shefting, that's prohibited in terms of getting meat. And then there's like planting and harvesting and grinding and baking and all that, kneading. Uh, so, the, the processes of making, of getting meat or of baking things, making bread, that's sort of the paradigmatic set of prohibitions on Shabbos. You're gonna have a hard time. Sort of this is the, you know, this is like the, you know, classic, the original idea of Shabbos. Right nowadays, we have all these appliances and you can buy things. And, uh, but in this scenario, you can't buy anything. You don't have any appliances. Any any food you're gonna have is gonna involve malacha, basically, unless you get lucky and there's an apple you know, that falls from a tree or something before Shabbos, you basically need to do malacha to get food. So what do you do? Ravah says, every single day you can prepare your food, right? Because otherwise you're going to die. And uh, in Judaism, right, Shabbos is a very important uh, principle, keeping Shabbos, but it does not override the value of life. If you have no food and you're going to die, you can certainly do whatever, uh, violate whatever, no, it's not violating, but do what's usually a violation of whatever Shabbos, Rules in order to get food. So Rama says every day you can you can work to get your food. And this again is in brackets, so not clear if we should have it, but these is at least assumed by our Yoma, except for that day, meaning you keep one out of every seven days of Shabbos, whichever way, right? Let's assume it's you work for six days and then you keep Shabbos. That seventh day, you don't, you can't prepare food. You prepare food the other six days. Wait a second. If says Vahahu Yoma what do you mean you don't prepare food? You're, you're, you'll starve to death. If you prepare every day, you make food, k'day parnasasam, right? That's, you have to be very precise. Enough to live on, right? Parnasas, is to make a living, literally. So you, uh, you make as much food as you need to live every day, sort of a subsistence level of eating. So if you skip a day, that's extremely dangerous. You might die. So what does it mean you don't work on Shabbos and, and uh, you don't eat anything? You're going to die. No, no, no. You don't, you don't starve yourself. The oven may esmo, shtay parnasos. It means that the previous day, Friday or whatever, pseudo Friday, you prepared double food because you know the next day is going to be Shabbos. So today I'll make double the food and then, then I'll be good. Um, but no, it says, Vidilma may esmal Shabbos Right? The whole point here why, why does Ravah say that every day you only make your basic, uh, minimal subsistence amount of food? Because you don't know every day of the week is a one in seven chance of being Shabbos. You don't want to take that risk. So that's why Ravah says, every day, you only make as much food as you need to make it to the next day to live, right? So you make a like you bake whatever it is, one, one loaf of bread for the whole day, because that's, that's what you need to make it through the day. You can't make more than that because maybe it's Shabbos and you're violating Shabbos. Uh, so you can't make any more than the basics. And so if that's the case, then don't say, oh, yeah, uh, you know, the, the day that's Shabbos, I won't work at all. I'll do double the previous day. Well, you're not helping yourself. Again, do the math. Do the math. One out of every it's a 1 in 7 chance that Friday is actually Chavez and it's a 1 in 7 chance that Saturday is actually Chavez. So why would you work double on one day and zero on the next day? You have no right to do that. Every day you only have a right to do the basic minimum that allows you to live. So, we say ella kol yom viyom, oselo So, Afilu every day you make the basics, you prepare your basic subsistence amount to make it, you know, to make it through the day without dying even on the day that you're marking as Shabbos. Now notice what happened here. Through Ravah's opinion, right, think about how the the basic idea before there were two views of it, but basically it was you make up your own schedule, right? One of every seven days is Shabbos. The other days are cold. You can do whatever work you want. Ravah comes in. uh, uh, Ilan, I love that formulation, right? Ravah comes in and says, every day is Shabbos and no day is Shabbos. Right? Because Every single day, you need to you do your risk analysis. You say, it's, it's it might be Shabbos. I can't do any more than the basic subsistence. And that's true for all seven days, the, all the, the six weekdays and the seventh Shabbos day. So then the Gemara has a very reasonable question. So what does it mean to be Shabbos? If you can actually, you do the same thing every day. Every day, you, you're allowed to do work only the amount to make it to the next day. The basic parnasa, basic. Uh, making the basic subsistence amount of food. So then how is Shabbos any different? And the answer is, you can make Kiddush and Havdalah on that seventh day. right? So uh, you make your Kiddush and Havdalah, but otherwise, it sounds like, that day is the same as every other day of the week. Every day, because of the risk of Shabbos, you only do a minimal amount of work, enough to make food for the next day. Once every seven days, you say, ah, today's Shabbos in terms of, and you make Kiddush before and you make Havdalah afterwards. So the way it comes out here, I mean, there is a bit of a balancing between two factors, right? The every day being maybe Shabbos and the seventh day having some special status. And we're gonna see, there's gonna be a lot of different uh, angles on on which way you pull it. Is it really that this seventh day is the real Shabbos or is it, no, every single day is really a risk and and sort of minimizing what that Kiddush Havdalah, what you do on the seventh day. But Rabbah is, is a huge departure from the first two views we saw, right, it's not like you have an actual weak structure, not really, only in terms of Kiddush and Avdallah, again, you might play that up, but, but uh, the average day, you're treating as maybe Shabbos with huge repercussions, or you're not, but you're basically not allowed to do anything except that you can't do on Shabbos, except the the amount of food that makes it through, that makes you, you get through the day, okay, and now here's an out, this is sort of to you know, this depends on the details of the case, but it'll make it a bit trickier, but uh, won't be so relevant. <laughs> let's say there's a scenario where you went on a business trip through the desert um, and you know the day you left. You know you left, you know, what, let's say you, you, uh, you know, you, you pass out and you, you come to, you know it was only a couple of hours. You know it's the same day you left. Turns out you forgot what day you left. Did not, was today a Tuesday or was today a Thursday? I don't know. You know, but you know that you left today. Well, you can do Malacha that whole day and next week, right? Whatever day of the week that you realize that today's the day you left, but you don't know what day of the week it is, that day is not Shabbos because you would never have left on Shabbos. You don't go on business trips on Shabbos because you because you keep Shabbos in this scenario. So, you know, that day you can keep and a week later and a week later. So the Gemara says, Pshita, obviously, right? This is basic. This is just like, you know, basic uh, accounting of days. What's it telling us? It says, Maudetema, I might've thought, I might have thought, you know, this person doesn't go on business trips on Shabbos. They also don't go on business trips on Friday. And you might think, like, if you realize the day that you, you know, you realize, okay, today's the day I left. I don't know what day of the week it is, but it's the day I left. You can presume it's neither Saturday nor Friday. And then you can do Malacha on that day and a week later. And also the next day, because you know, you didn't leave on a Friday. You might have thought that Kamash Malan, in the No, that's not true because sometimes people do go on business trips on Friday. If you know you, you catch a, a ride with someone, they're only going on Friday. Okay, so that's the that's the Bavli, right? So this last piece was sort of just sorting out a different uh, you know scenario where you might be able to exclude a couple of days from the calculus. But basically, we have three total views of two different types, right? One type, the one we just saw, is Rava. Rabbis is basically every day you need to worry that it's Shabbos. You can only do a minimal amount of work. And then on the seventh day, you make Kiddush and Avdalah. But it doesn't sound like you're really treating that day too specially. Um, and the other two views are that every seven days is Shabbos. The other six days in between are not Shabbos. They're Chol. That's what it sounds like, certainly. And the only question is, do you start with Shabbos or do you end with Shabbos? And we talked about the differences, why that might be some of the logic there. But we now need to think about, and we'll, we'll first look at the Yerushalmi before we do this, but hold this thought. What's at stake? What's the big difference between Rava, that every day is maybe Shabbos, versus the first two opinions where they say you can say the seventh day is Shabbos, the other days are Chol. But before we go there, let's go to the Yerushalmi. This is a bit anachronistic, but this is certainly how most people study Talmud. You start with the Bavli, and then you go back in time to the Urshami. Um, But here, we'll see. Uh, there'll be an interesting additional angle that we didn't have, in, in the Bavli. So let's let's start here, and it's in the same position, right? Perak Zayin, Halakha Aleph, seventh chapter of Shabbos, as we did last week, we're continuing that perak, beginning of the seventh chapter. So let's look at how the Roshami refers to this case. It's actually very cool. Gadol Shanishba Bain Akum. Gadol, an adult who was captured or kidnapped or something like that among the Gentiles. Why, why, why is this an interesting formulation in light of last week? Yeah, Maxine. I
0: mean, presumably this child wouldn't know about Shabbos then.
1: So, right. So I think you're, you're, you're going back to what we saw last week about a Tino, Shanishpa, Bena Akam, a child or a baby that was captured among the Gentiles. This is, it's the same case, except it's an adult. It's a Gadol, an adult who was captured. So on the one hand, this adult knows what Shabbos is, but the presumption is, um, and it's too bad uh, Ezra's not here, he was here last week, this I think would be of great interest to him. The adult doesn't know what day of the week Shabbos is. This implies, I mean, it implies at least in this scenario that he's captured among Gentiles who don't have a seven-day week. Because if they did have a seven-day week, he'd just be like, "Okay, which of your seven-day week correlates to Shabbos?" And then he'd figure it out. So they must be—they don't have a seven-day week, and that's why he uh, he has no idea when Shabbos is, right? So it's interesting. It's sort of a companion case to what we had last week, Katan. or a child who's kidnapped, never knows, or is captured, never knows what Shabbos is, because they never taught about it. An adult who's kidnapped will know what Shabbos is, they just won't know when it is, and it won't be their fault. They'll just have no way of knowing when Shabbos is. Okay, so what do you do? These are the same two views we saw attributed to other people in the Bavli. Do you count six days of Chol, and then keep Shabbos, or do you start with Shabbos, and then have six days of Chol? So those two views are accounted for. But now this view is going to be a little a little funky. Rabbi Yitzchak bar Elazar v'shem Reb bar Yaakov, here's what he says, here's what you do. Moneh shisha ve'oseh Shabbos, you say six days of Chol, right? You, you, you show up on your desert island uh, or wherever you are at three o'clock. The next day, you keep as Chol for six days, and then you keep Shabbos on the seventh day. Then, chamisha ve'oseh Shabbos, the following week, you have a five five weekdays and one Shabbos. Our ba'av v'osah Shabbos. Then you have a four day week and then Shabbos. Gimel v'osah A three day week. Shneim v'osah Shabbos. Echad v'osah Shabbos. And he doesn't spell it out, but it might be that this is iterative, right? It seems like it. Otherwise, you'd always keep Shabbos. You then go back and say, okay, you have a six day work week and then Shabbos, and then a five day week work week and then Shabbos, and four, three, two, one. Um, so this is a really interesting structure. The Gemara itself is going to analyze it here. Wait a second. If, let's say you were captured on a Tuesday, or again, you don't know when you were captured. Let's say you were captured on a Tuesday and you realize it then, that would mean that the correct day of Shabbos would be day four. So if you do the math, and we're not going to do it ourselves, but if you do the math, you do this whole cycle of six, five, four, three, two, one, you will never actually keep Shabbos. You'll just be Hava avad Bishovsa, the whole time, you're going to be working on Shabbos. All of those days, which is what? You like some uh, six times seven over two, nine, 27. All 27 of those days, you're going to be working on Shabbos. So that this is like a huge fail, right? This is like an epic fail of a system. They tell you, here's what you do, six, five, four, three, two, one. If, if it's a Tuesday, you're going to miss all of them. So what, what's the logic here? Rav hava chayle, train machzirin, no, no, Rav, his, his army is his strength. The strength of his argument is that if you do it two cycles, then you end up getting a Shabbos. So this is presuming that, you you know, the six-day work week, 5, four, three, two, 1, and then you go back to six, five, four, three, two, one, 1. Somewhere along that second cycle, you'll end up catching Shabbos. Um, and we'll just quickly note this now. We'll jump down a little pause. Um, other commentaries, the Shiari Karban here notes, Tabay b'yom vav, I feel the train Eno lo Yom Right? If you get captured on a Friday, again, do the math at home. Um, even after two old cycles, you won't end up getting Shabbos on the right day. And the uh, Guggenheim uh, commentary cited on Safaria, so he throws in a note. He says, if we presume Rav Nachman's scheme is periodic, he pauses after six et etc., then his Sabbath will only be correct in the second period. In fact, the seventh of his Sabbaths in the eighth try um so in in this scenario you need to like do you need to do uh, a whole like you'll keep end up keeping seven different sabbaths until you get there he does he does out some of the math here People are are, note the bold everyone's welcome to look at that later um the correct observation of the Sabbath first occurs in the second circuit the eighth try again try that at home but basically this system is not terribly good at capturing all of the dates now the um uh you know the, the the approach that would i think would get you you know, without having overly short weeks, that would get you to the answer very quickly. Would be the uh, the five day week, right? Because you say keep the first day. Let's say uh, the first. Well, yeah. You say every week you keep six five days and then Shabbos, and then you do that a few times. You'll you'll end up getting it. Um, I think even in one cycle. So, uh, but you know, the the goal here is somewhat different. Um, not yeah. Well, we'll think about that in a bit. Fine. So let's continue in the Gemara on this view, the six five four three two one view. He says, Wait a second, here's another possibility. No one's raised this before. Well, except we sort of did in in the Bavli, but at least not in the Yerushalmi. Doesn't he need to worry about all the days? Just like someone who marries a woman. So, okay, so here's the scenario. You have a man, uh, right? A Jewish man marries a Jewish woman. Except he forgets who she is. Right? I think these things happen all the time in Vegas and such. Um, so here's the problem: um, he, he, number one, he can't divorce her because he doesn't know where she is or who she is. Um, now, you know, technically, uh, you know, old school, certainly in the time of the Gemara, polygamy is an option. So it's not like marrying another woman would be a problem per se. Except here's the problem: um, how do you know any any woman this man would want to marry? Maybe she's a close relative of the woman that he already is married to. So how do you know? Maybe he married this woman's mother or sister or whatever. So then he can't marry anyone. He can't marry any woman because she might be related in an incest, uh, incest prohibition sort of way related to the woman he already married and forgot. So this should be the same thing. A little bit complicated, but um, our case is simpler. It's, a, it's, it's an equal problem, right? You, you don't know which day is Shabbos. You forgot. So you have to keep every day as Shabbos. You should never be able to do work again. Obviously, allowing for subsistence. So that's the Gemara's question here. So uh, and and we just throw in the discussion there. Rabbi Yaakov Bar Achayes, Rabbi Yochanan Lakish. There's a debate between Rabbi Yochanan and Rishlakish about a case of a man who marries a woman um, and doesn't know who she is. Rabbi Yochanan says he has to be worried. Any woman might be related to his first wife and can't marry them. Rabbi Shimon Lakish says eh says you don't need to worry about that the numbers are so unlikely. So why don't we compare this case to that case? Why don't we say just like, you have to worry that, you know, you can't get married to anyone in that scenario. Same thing here. You can't do any work any day of the week, because it might be Shabbos. What's the difference? Taman takana. lisa giyores. Yachahu lisa mishukreres. Ma islan. So here's an important difference, is that in the, in the case of, you're worried. You're married to someone, and anyone you meet might be their their relative. Well, someone who, on the basis of halacha, has no relatives in, in the for the purposes of uh, the uh, the incest prohibition, uh, giyores or mishlocheres, you can marry them, and that would solve your problems. You have some solution. Again, it does narrow the pool of uh, women this man can marry significantly. Uh, if he's a kohen, that's a good question. Um, technically, a kohen might have a scenario of a let's say a woman who had no living close relatives at the time of his first wedding so maybe you could come up with an additional scenario but yeah the coin might be a problem um uh because he wouldn't have those options but fine at least in theory there's an option so whereas here there's nothing you can do what can you do it's you know every day shabbos then you you'll you'll not have a life you won't be able to do anything you won't ever be able to work so therefore we allow you to uh to do we allow you to do uh to keep shabbos once every seven days that's all the shalmi And now this last line, and note the big shift, Taman Amrin, Taman meaning Shem, meaning there we say, what does there we say mean? This is the Talmud Yerushalmi. So there means Babel, Babylonia. Out in Babylonia, they say, He needs to be concerned about all days, which basically is what we suggested. We just suggested and rejected that idea, right? Don't you have to worry it's Shabbos every day? And so the Yerushalmi itself rejects that, but it says, you know what, in Babel, they are worried about that. He has to worry that every day is Shabbos. but Ose, because they keep him on Nefez? You can only work to the extent that it keeps you alive, right, because you don't need to die. But any more work than that is prohibited. And that's, uh, that's of course, Rava's opinion that we saw in the Babli. So the are is aware of this opinion, um, but it doesn't seem to accept it. It just sort of mentions it. But so just to do inventory on all the opinions we have, we have the wait six days and keep Shabbos. Keep Shabbos and wait six days which both seem to be views that you can do whatever you want the other six. Then we have Rubba's view that you need to treat every day as maybe Shabbos. And then the seventh day, you do something a little special, condition of Abdallah. And you have a Rav bar view that uh, the six, five, four, three, two, one. Now, Ozzy asks, why not do Shabbos every other day? You're guaranteed to observe Shabbos every two weeks. I think it, that is a sort of middle position. I think the Rav the, Yitzhak uh, Bar-Lazars of the world would say, that's too much. We, we, we can't expect the person to keep Shabbos every other day. They keep Shabbos more or less once a week. Some weeks are longer, some weeks are shorter. But to say you keep Shabbos half the time, that's overly onerous. Now, obviously, the, the, the Babylonian view, Rav's view, is even more onerous. Um, but uh, okay, but no, one's, no one wants to get into that middle view. Um, permanent Tishrei, yeah, a lot of tshuva. Um, and same idea, a lot of Shabbos. Um, so yeah, but Ozzy, in, in theory, in theory, that's a valid middle view. But I think everyone is on one side or the other in terms of how much we're gonna, how much uh, we're gonna impose on you. We're gonna impose on you everything, or more or less the usual standard once a week, right? And, and that middle view, every other day doesn't, doesn't come up. Maybe for Messianic times, could be. Um, <laughs> there are there are scenarios. Some, some this gets a little technical. But like let's say, you can do one melacha, one prohibited action that can provide food for two days. So if you could somehow pull that off, it's it's controversial what you should do. But there is the view that okay, good, do that, you know, and then work on Tuesday or whatever. Work on one day, make double food, and then don't work the next day. If you can do that, then let's say Reva would say certainly that's that's preferable. Not everyone agrees, but that is a possible view that would come out like that would come out like uh, like Ozzy's suggestion. Okay, so we have the we have the, the Rashami, we have the Bavli. the I think the. The big, sort of the big question here is, when we talk about Shabbos, well, both, I think some views will clearly be on one side or the other. Some views will be a bit more tricky. We're talking about keeping Shabbos here. Why are you keeping Shabbos? What's the nature of the Shabbos you're keeping? Is it, are you aiming to keep sort of the objective Shabbos? You trying to hit the right day? Or are you saying, I'm not going to get the right day. I don't care about that. I'm keeping a subjective Shabbos, a Shabbos for me. You'll notice the title, the title of this sheer. I wasn't sure what to go with. So I said, Shabbos, a desert in time, um, which if uh, for those of you who, who know a little bit about about uh, uh, Heschel. So he his his book, the Sabbath, he talks about the Sabbath as a palace in time. Right. It's this beautiful thing that we sort of separate from the rest of the world. It's a palace in time. Um, so, you know, this is sort of Shabbos as a desert in time. You're stuck in your in your deserted place. But you can still come up with this subjective Shabbos. Maybe you don't know what the right day is. You don't know when Shabbos is. You're not going to hit the the correct day of Shabbos, so to speak. But for you, subjectively, you're going to have that Shabbos experience. And maybe that's what you should aim for. So let's go through the various views and see who's trying to get an objective Shabbos, who's trying to get a subjective Shabbos, and who's a little less clear. Well, what do people say? Let's say the first... The first two views right shabbos six days of work and then one of shabbos or one day of shabbos and then six days of work what's that view what what are they aiming for subjective right yeah i think you're uh you're you're absolutely correct nathan because think about it right let's you're keeping shabbos every seven days which in theory is nice but that means there's a six and seven chance that you're never gonna keep shabbos okay ozzi doesn't like that view he's not sure the torah is interested in subjectivity but of course the authors of that view, Rob, Shmuel, whoever else, would beg to differ, right? They say you keep every seven days. Maybe ideally, you know, ideally the Torah wants you to keep the objective day. Now, that's clear, right? Everyone agrees. If you know what day of the week it is, keeping Shabbos on Tuesday is not really helpful, right? But the question is, if you don't know, you don't have that option. Is it better to aim and maybe miss, or is it better to double down on your day? Now, you might say you could still say, well, you're keeping you're keeping one and then six because you're taking a risk, whatever day you choose is gonna be a risk, right? You pick day one, two, three, four, five, six. whatever day you're choosing is gonna be a risk, take your risk and lean in on it, right? Like it's like a, it's like a VC over here, right? Your, your Shabbos has a one in seven, your, your pseudo Shabbos day has a one in seven payoff, but it's a big payoff, you get Shabbos right every week. So you could argue that even the Robin Shmuel or whatever other names are associated with it view is really aiming to get the right day, It's just they don't care if they don't they don't want to get it right once they want to get it right every week and they're willing to bet everything they put all their chips on that this day that they're going with right so it is possible to read them that way, although it certainly feels more like a subjective view. What about the view we saw in the Yerushalmi, the 654321 view objective aiming at the objective Shabbos or a subjective experience of Shabbos. Both, okay. How would that work? Other thoughts? Other people have. Uh... People can speak up too, by the way, and not you don't need to write if you don't. Uh, if you're a talking person. Um, but okay, so Ozzy, uh, I'm curious to hear what what you think by both. What I would have said, and it sounds like the Gemara itself says this, is um, you experience some Sabbaths as wrong days and some as right days of the week. Okay. Um, I mean, the way the Gemara looks at it is the Gemara says, the Gemara says, like, wait a second, if you do it this way, you're going to miss out on Shabbos through the whole cycle. It sounds like the goal is to hit Shabbos on the right day. Notice we don't ask that on the other opinions, the opinions that say you keep Shabbos every seven days, you know you're not going to hit Shabbos six out of seven, you know, six out of seven chances. You're never going to hit Shabbos, and we don't care. That's not our problem. But this six, five, four, three, two, one—it's such a—it's like an odd structure, right? Why would you structure that? You know, the subjective experience of Shabbos is supposed to be six days of work and then one day of rest. What does it mean to have, you know, once every couple of months I have a one-day work week? That's really weird, right? Why would you set it up like that unless you're aiming at hitting the real Shabbos? Now, again, the exact math of it maybe connect have other, other mathematical systems. Um, but right, you, right, as Alana is saying, you're willing to give up the seven-day-a-week structure most of the time with the hopes of hitting Shabbos uh, more frequently or trying to catch Shabbos. You know, you'll try a six-day week and see if that works. Try five-day week, see if that works, et cetera. It, it feels like you're aiming at hitting the objective Shabbos. Now, notice how we don't, we don't go all the way down to a zero-day week. And that could be for a lot of reasons. It could be because it's just sort of meaningless. What does it mean to rest after having a zero day work week, right? For those of us who have experienced the uh, two-day yantifs or three-day yantifs or whatnot, you know, it's sort of a weird feeling. You get into it a few days, like, oh, this is great, rest. Then like day three of rest, you're like, wait, I want to I go up and get up and do something already. So it could be that it, it's just not Shabbos if you have no work in between, or it could be, and maybe this is what Ansi was saying, even on the view, the six five four three two one view, you need to have a week structure. It could be a six day week. It could be a one day week, but there needs to be some sort of structure of a week. Otherwise, subjectively, it's not Shabbos. Right? So I think that would go in the other direction. And what about Rava? What about Ravah's view, the Babylonian view, that you every day might be Shabbos? You have to work minimally every day. Um, and then you do, you know, on the seventh day, you do Kiddush. What, what do people think about that? Objective. Okay. Certainly, there's a major objective element in the sense that every day you're not you're not working except what you need to eat, right? So certainly that's a powerful piece of it. Other other perspectives. Well, what's up with the kiddush? Why are you making kiddush and avdalah on the seventh day? What's that about? Think about it. If every day is equally likely to be Shabbos, why don't you make kiddush every day? Or make Havdalah every day, you know, on the chance that it might be. So you're not willing to do that. Um, so there's. So it seems like there's two sides of the coin here for Rava. Right? He's trying to have his uh, Shabbos cake and eat it too, um, which I, I definitely advise everyone to have Shabbos cake. It's good for owning Shabbos. Um, but to both to both say, I'm keeping every day. I'm, I'm trying to keep minimize that risk. That that's true. He's he's very worried about the objective Shabbos factor, and he also wants to be sure to have some subjective experience of Shabbos once a week. If every day is the same, you're missing something. If you don't say once every seven days, I'm going to sanctify this day, I'm going to set it aside, it's different. It may not be so different in practice because I have a weird life situation, but it's at least in theory different. It's set aside as Shabbos. I'm experiencing Shabbos. I'm remembering God as creator of the world. Uh, At least I have that, if nothing else. Now, I think the the view of is is the... Um, ah, brach great question. We'll get there in a minute. Um, Ravah's Rava's view is the most important view in, in the sense that it's accepted as authoritative. You look in the Rambam, you look in the Shulchan Arif, Everyone paskins like Ravah, and that's sort of to be expected because as we saw in the Bavli, um, as we saw in the Bavli, it sort of came out of the Gemara, right? The Gemara said um, the Gemara presented the other opinions, then it said Ravah's opinion, it asked questions on it, and then it gave answers. It seems like Ravah's view was the settled view, and that's in fact how the halacha. But now, now this, this, of course, leads to our big question. What's the main aspect in Rava? Is, is Rava really about the objective or is it really about the subjective? And we're going to see in our remaining time, and you know, time flies when you're asking uh, deep uh, theological questions, we're going to see different possible understandings of, of Rava's view. So first, Rashi here, right? Notice we said, right, you, every day you have to not do work, only the amount of work you do to the next day. What about the seventh day? How's the seventh day different? Kiddush and Avdala, and So Rashi explains that Lizi Karon You're not. Eh, it's just a commemoration. It's not a real Kiddush and a real Avdala. It's a pseudo Kiddush. It's a commemoration. Why? She halo shame a shame Yom Chaluk mishar, yamim. You want to have a name at least. You want to have a name that's different than the other ones. You call this Shabbos. Is it really Shabbos? No, it's no more Shabbos than the other day. We're gonna call it Shabbos for you to remember in order that you don't forget Shabbos. So it's just, it's, well, there's a couple of possibilities what this means, but it's not that this day is different than the other days in any inherent way. It's an arbitrary choice of a day for the simple purpose of reminding you when Shabbos is. Now, what's the value of remind, or not when Shabbos is, that Shabbos is, right? About the existence of Shabbos. What's the value of remembering Shabbos? Now, it could be a few different things. First of all, there's a mitzvah in the Torah, to remember Shabbos. So I don't know if it counts. It may or may not count if you don't know what day it is, but you remember that there is a day of Shabbos that I'm not sure what it is, maybe. Um, or even if not, if you don't fulfill the mitzvah, at least to have consciousness of Shabbos is a valuable thing, right? Let's say to understand, to be aware of God as creator of the world, to be aware that God asks us to rest, even if you can't really do it too much or you're doing it too much, um, however you look at it. Um, uh, you know, but maybe there's a value of that. Or possibly, um, you can remember Shabbos for the purposes of keeping it once you get out of the desert, or you know the the uh, the Shabbos desert that you're in. Right? Maybe the goal is not to forget. Not for now, it doesn't help you now because you don't know when Shabbos is. But maybe at least when you get out of the desert, you'll know when Shabbos is, and it'll help you then. So there's a couple of possibilities in Rashi, but Rashi and several other Rishonim also is fairly clear. The goal here is not uh, is not is not that this is really Shabbos? It's uh, it's to it's to remember for some side purpose. The Ritva says similarly. Um, uh, you wait six and keep one. They, they want him to do this why? In order that he not forget when Shabbos is. So what, notice what the Ritva does. He's commenting on those first opinions. Remember at the beginning of the Gemara. You keep six days, uh, six days of chol and one day of Shabbos. Even those views, says the Ritva, it's not really Shabbos, right? We said those are probably objective. Nah, the Ritva says the reason you're doing that is just so you remember the idea of Shabbos. You don't really, it's not like this day is really Shavas, the other ones aren't. It's it's fake. It's a, it's so you don't forget. Really, the real Shabbos is the objective Shabbos. This is some sort of pseudo-recognition point that's that's less important. Inami hechmiru rub, tibihaki. Ramya Or, and this is an interesting idea, um, the, the hope is if you keep a day of Shabbos, it'll jog your memory. You'll be like, Shabbos, I remember Shabbos. Here's the last time it was Shabbos. Oh, wait, that was 10 days ago. My count is off. Somehow you're gonna, you'll, you'll jog your memory by keeping Shabbos. That's why they want you to do it. Again, it's an extrinsic reason. It's not like today's any more Shabbos than any other day. We just arbitrarily have you do something, uh, in, or not arbitrarily, I guess it, you know, there's some logic, some psychological logic, to help you remember when Shabbos was. Right? The Meiria says even more strongly um, about the of Abdullah, the Ainza Halacha, El Zikaron be'alma. not a Halacha to, keep Sha- to, to make Kiddushan Abdullah, it's just a, a, a commemoration, again, like Rashi. On the other extreme, and this is really a pretty big opposite extreme, is the Red Baz with David Ben Zimra, 16th century Spain. And of all things, he's talking about the international dateline. So, you know, that's pretty random, but let's see how this ties in. Um, let's see how the international dateline will somehow tie this all together. So he says, right, People didn't realize that there was this international dateline thing. People didn't realize that if you're, let's say, in, in uh, Spain, Versus in Israel, that, that sundown is like hours apart. No one, no, people didn't realize that until later. So the 16th century, the Redbaz says, you know, if someone asks him, wait a second, what's the deal? People live in different places. Shabbos starts at different times. Now, for us, we sort of take this for granted because we all know, you know, what time does Shabbos come in in your city? That's like a normal question to ask. Before people traveled regularly or knew what was going on in other parts of the world, the assumption was Shabbos is a 24 hour period. The world goes into Shabbos and then it comes out. Right? What does it mean that people start Shabbos at different times? How could that be? And here's his answer: in a A lot of people had trouble with that. He has this principle: Shabbos is given to every person in Israel. Why? ki It's a sign between me, God, and you, Israel. Uh, and uko she os habresu l'chol echa beecha bekena Shabbos. Just like the covenant overall, every person has their relationship to the covenant of Torah. Every person also has their relationship to the covenant of Shabbos. Fine, that's a side point. But the point, the main point here is um, because Shabbos is a is a oath is a is a covenant with each person. Therefore, it works subjectively. And for every person, um, for every person, you count six days, and then you have Shabbos, and that's your Shabbos subjectively. And that reminds you about God's creation of the world. He's doubling down on this idea of a subjective Shabbos. And his biggest proof for that is he talks about some side issues. But here's his biggest proof for his view: "Ugdolamizoamru." Here's the bigger, the big proof. What do you do if you're stuck in the desert? Every, you count six days, then on the seventh day, you do Kiddush, you say, you daven uh, Maxine to answer your question. On his view, it's a little controversial, but on the Radvaz's view, you do all the davening of Shabbos, and then you make Havdalah. So at least in terms of davening, this day is totally Shabbos. Um, okay, fine. Right? What about the other side of the brother's opinion that you every day might be Shabbos and you don't work every day? Okay, fine. That's, you know, you're trying to, to hedge your bets. That's a doubt. Okay, fine. You know, because there's a risk about objective Shabbos. That's, that's not the real deal. That's like a side point. Or maybe it's the part, there's a part of time. His assumption is um, like across the Eurasian continent, there's only 12 hours difference in time, which I think is basically true. And there's like 12 hours of Shabbos when the whole world, which I guess doesn't include North America, the whole world has Shabbos. And then you there's no wiggle room. So I'll leave aside that sort of an interesting side point. But what's the main point? Mikol Lamadnu, Mi This proves that every person in every city has a subjective obligation to keep Shabbos based on whatever times it is there, right? Based on sundown and sunrise or sundown to sundown, wherever you are. And even though it's hours off, right? America is whatever, seven to 10 hours off of Israel. And that's fine. You don't need to keep Shabbos at the same time. Every place has its own subjective Shabbos. Again, we take this for granted, but it's really weird. If you didn't realize that this is how the world works, the idea that different that Shabbos is not one 24-hour period for the world, but actually it's sort of like a sliding 48-hour period depending on where you are on the globe, that's really weird. But the says that shouldn't be surprising at all because we know this idea of subjective Shabbos. That's what Shabbos is all about. From our sugya, and notice how he plays up the Kiddush and Abdullah, and he minimizes, he says, okay, you don't do work every day because you want to hedge your bet." But, what, but the real Shabbos is the subjective Shabbos, the day you make up, right? The day you realize today, you keep Shabbos seven days later. That's the real Shabbos. And that, that can then serve as a proof for how time zones work in regard to Shabbos. So the Rabbis really has the opposite extreme view of what we saw in Rashi and some of the other Rishonim. Rashi and the Rishonim say, Kedesh Abdallah, it's a nice reminder. It's not really telling you anything about Shabbos. You're not really, your subjective experience is a reminder, but it's not really what Shabbos is about. The rabbi says, "No, that is what Shabbos is about. The, the subjective experience is the point, and uh, and that's his view of rava. Um Okay, I see. There's some questions. Um, um, can you have the zakhor without the shamor of Shabbos? So, I guess that's a question. It's an important question. Um, one of the right. Generally, we think that zakhor and shamor are sort of tied together. Certainly, Havdallah and maybe kiddush also are tied to the idea that you don't do work on this day. So what does it mean to say you do Kedush and avdala, but in terms of in terms of melacha, in terms of work, today is the same as every other day? What sort of Kedush and avdala is that? So Ozzy, I think this depends a bit on how you on, on our very question. If you think like the Radvaz that the real Shabbos is the subjective Shabbos, then I think he would say something like the you know not doing work on this seventh day is somehow different than the other days. I don't know if it's different in practice, but at least its significance is different because you this day is the real Shabbos. It's Shabbos like anyone else. The other days you're trying to hedge your bet, but this is the real Shabbos. That's why that's why you make Kiddish Abdullah because it's tied to that. For Rashi and the other views, they would say well, you're making Kidish Abdullah, how does that how is that separable from the you know the Malacha aspect? The answer is it's not, you know, or, or I guess it's it's not a real Kedush and Abdullah, so it doesn't matter anyway. It's a Kishan Abdullah to help remind you. To help remind you. So it's less it's less significant that it's separated from the rest. Just want to take a look at one final source and then we'll take some final questions. Um, Let's see, here. Does one recite Shabbos prayers? So the Rambam, the Rambam, uh, and I think the Radbaz was quoting the Rambam before, he throws in here, um, where's the line, right? Um, Where does he say? He says the davening thing somewhere, I think. Um, well, you know, either way, the, the Ritva gives both sides of this view. So let's take a look at the Ritva. This is Maxine's question. If you're not sure what day it is, how can you say brachos? How can you say, well, let's say the brachos of Kriyoshma, so, uh, so that's a suffix, right? You're not sure if today's Shabbos or not. When in doubt, in terms of brachos, usually do without. You're not supposed to say a brach. So why, not? So why do you say it? When we say, sometimes we say that if you're biblically commanded to say a bracha, then you do, uh, you do it out of doubt. Let's say benching, benching is biblically ordained. If you're not sure if you benched or not, you know you ate a meal, you're not sure if you benched, bench, bench again or possibly again. So, but no, that's only true, because you know you have to say the bracha, you know you ate, then the question is, did you actually bench or not? We say you should, re- you should do it a second time uh, if you're not sure if you did it the first time. Uh, so, but here, there'd be no prohibition. So, the uh, sorry, there'd be no obligation. So, therefore, you wouldn't say the brachos, right? On this first view, um, or you know, fine. So, that, that's the, on, on this question at least, you shouldn't say the brachos. So, what, how does he answer? You have to consider what are the stakes. If you say a brachos batala, this is a little controversial. The thinks it's only a durabana, it's only a rabbinic prohibition to say a bracha. When it's not necessary, and that's outweighed by the value of possibly saying the right bracha. So you do say that you do say the brachas in the davening of Shabbos. Inami below bracha kamar, or without a bracha. So you can say Kiddush and Avdala and all the other brachas without a bracha. Baruch Ata What is it like? Right, Baruch Ata Shabbos in Kiddush. You just say Baruch Ata Shabbos. It's not the full bracha. You didn't say God's name. But it, you, you can't, it can't be a bracha natal. it's not a full bracha, and that's what the Gemara means. So this question of whether you're saying a real Kiddush Haftal or not, and similarly, the question of whether you're saying a real you know, brachos the rest of the day, ties into our question as well. Right? If you think it's really Shabbos, then of course you just say the brachos. It's not, you're, not, you're not thinking of it as suffix or not. So it's, like, it's like the second day of Yantif. Some commentaries explicitly compare it to the second day of Yantif in Kotzlar. right The second day of Yantif is at best the suffix, or it's, a, it's an institutionalized suffix, and yet we say all sorts of brachos. You say Kiddush on of Shani, right? Why? It's a suffix. Same thing here. This day is days institutionalized as the day you keep as Shabbos, so therefore you say brachos, even though it involves God's name, and it theoretically might be wrong, but we're treating it as if it's the correct day. Alternatively, if you don't say the real bracha, that would very strongly fit with Rashi's view, the, that you're, that really, rava is really an objective Shabbos view. This every seven days, Kiddush Abdullah thing is just a reminder, is just to you don't forget Shabbos, it's some secondary point, it's not the main point. Okay, um, we're out of time, I'm going to stop share, we'll take some questions, um, yeah, and there's also discussion, I see Ozzy talked about Tefillin, whole discussion about what to do about Tefillin, I included, I think, one source in the, in the, uh, in the sheet, I don't know if you can, uh, yeah, saying a condition or not, not so simple, because it might be mukta, if it's Shabbos, but a lot of you say you do, you take, put on Tefillin every day, seven days of the week, but you don't put it on during Shabbos davening because that's a little bit of an internal contradiction. In any event, other, any questions or thoughts on, on uh, what we've seen here? Really a fascinating, fascinating topic that uh, touches on a lot of deep theological issues. Um, if not, then I'll just, I'll remind everyone next week, we're gonna be looking at the topic of, uh, of uh, Nachrisha Shavas, a Gentile. Who keeps Shabbos and how that's uh, not recommended um, under normal circumstances? And we'll think about what that what that tells us. Different perspectives on that view, and what that tells us about Shabbos, what that tells us about uh, distinction between Jews uh, and and Gentiles um, on on different uh, different views in rabbinic tradition. Um, and uh, Maxine, what 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 else is there? Um,
0: there's a question from Nathan. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. It's just, it just showed up, so. Uh, oh, yes.
1: Okay, great. Why does Ravan not say to make kiddush and abdallah every day? Um, yeah, it's a good question. And um, I think, well, I think on some views, like on Rashi and Ritva's views, it's very clear. Because right? the kiddush and abdallah, it's not, you know, you, you can't, let's say to start with, you can't make kiddush and abdallah every day because it's meaningless. You're not distinguishing. The days are all the same. You're not sanctifying this day as opposed to the others. If every day you're saying kiddush, it stops being a kiddush. Now, why do you do it on the seventh day? That's because of this, you know, the second, secondary, less important uh, subjective of Shabbos. According to Radbaz, according to Radbaz, he would say the opposite point, right? Why do you, why don't you say Kirish every day? Because this is the real Shabbos, this is the real day. And that's why, uh, that's why you do it. How about Ones patre? So Ones Rahman apatre, uh, as he would explain, right? Ones, that, that being, uh, if one acts under duress or, or does something out of their control, they're not responsible for it, that works. Um, Arguably, to exempt the person after the fact, right? If you stuck in the desert and you don't uh, do everything properly, let's say you know maybe you might say, well, that was extenuating circumstance. The person isn't, uh, you know, didn't uh, violate shabbos, or you know, they're exempt from their violation of shabbos. But onus rkhana patre doesn't work prospectively. You can't say, well, this is really hard, um, so therefore I don't need to keep halacha, right? Again, unless there's something like you're going to die or whatever. But onus rkhana is only after the fact to exempt you from punishment, it, you can't use that to say, I'm going to now do something because and then say it's not my, you know, say it was out of my control. Um, so so onus, onus does work, but only after the fact. Um, if there are no other questions, then um, if Maxine has a final announcements. Oh, oh, um,
0: yes. I yeah, I don't think there are any more questions. I don't see anything in the Facebook. So um Yes, thank you so much again uh, for leading us through um, these these ideas and um, yeah. So next week uh, we actually have uh, some special programming going on um, in addition to the regular uh, spring classes. So um, next Sunday, before. Um, class here. Uh, I mean, it'll still be here wherever you are on Zoom. But before uh, this year, uh, there is a pre-Purim uh, Yom Ian The uh, title theme is One Nation Dispersed, Diaspora in the McGill and in Jewish Thought. And um, Rabbi Silber, Dr. Uh, Malka Simcovich and Dr. Micha Gottlieb will be teaching. Um, and also, um, you know, many of us I'm sure um, have you know our thoughts uh, kind of turned toward uh, Ukraine these days, um, and of course um, you know that was a wellspring of uh, Torah and Jewish culture. So uh, we have some uh, excellent teachers uh, returning to Drisha to um, to teach on yeah different elements of that. So. We have um, Rabbi Dr. Ariel Mays uh, here tomorrow, um, Monday, March 7th from one to 2 p.m. um, who's going to share some uh, Torah from the Chernobyl Rebbe. Menachem nachem, um, meet Chernobyl. Um, And then on uh, Tuesday, uh, Rabbi Ellie Fisher will be uh, teaching some responsa from Ukraine. So looking at kind of a uh, humanist side of uh, halacha and um, uh, then doc, uh, Ms, excuse me, uh, Dahlia Wilson, I I don't think she has her PhD yet, but uh, coming soon. Um, uh, we'll be uh, looking at um, Jewish Ukraine through the, uh, through the work of uh, Shola Aleichem. So yeah, that's uh, what we have coming up. Thank you and uh, looking forward to next week.